gotta tell somebody. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That. Let's talk about that. Let's you need to listen to this. Memorable and exciting. Well, then be less boring. I'm gonna tell everyone. Wait here. Quite a remarkable big daddy. Remarkable. Remarkable. Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast for B2B marketers that deconstructs the most iconic moments in film, television, pop culture, and advertising for a single purpose, to give you, the B2B marketer, the same storytelling techniques that the pros use. In each episode, you will learn techniques from Hollywood, Pixar, Marvel, and beyond, from Spielberg's hands to yours, bringing remarkable content ideas to you every single week. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This is Remarkable. This week, we're talking about B2B marketing lessons from the podcast Murder in HR with the help of special guest, VP of Content Marketing at Pass, Christine. It's Gemma McNamara's first day at the AI-powered tech startup Piece of Ship. As employee experience manager, it's my job to help you all reach your full potential and make sure you're all thriving at work. Everything is going great until our colleague Larry is electrocuted at the company all hands. And Gemma uncovers a dark secret. Whoever finds this, my name is Gemma McNamara, and like the other 200 members of the company Piece of Ship, I was a witness to what seems to be murder. Now, she and her chief people officer, Nicholas, are tasked with finding the murderer. How are you? I am great. I am so excited to talk about this today, Ian. How are you? I am thrilled. Thriving. Surviving. Feeling good. Feeling great. This has been truly the experience of a lifetime creating this podcast, Murder in HR. And Chris, wonderful working with you, wonderful working with the Gym Pass team. And we're going to get into all that today. This is quite a special episode as we just announced the podcast and it just couldn't be more exciting. It's out there. Yeah. It is out there. Okay. So before we get into that, tell me about the scope of your role as VP of Content Marketing at Gym Pass. Absolutely. So I lead our content marketing team at GenPass. I've been there for about a year. And so it's better to kind of frame it into kind of like what GenPass does. And so at our core, GenPass is a corporate wellness benefit that gives employees like access to all the greatest gyms and classes and studios and apps, all meant for their well-being. And so what our job is as content marketers is to create kind of this ecosystem of content that's compelling and helpful that can really help HR leaders, who is our primary audience, do three things. We want them to understand the state of employee well-being right now. We want them to provide guidance on how to improve that employee well-being, so provide some level of like action plan for them to take with our content. And then last but not least, we want to communicate, obviously, the benefits of GymPass and how that could be your solution. And so we are responsible for developing the global content strategy. We are a global company, and so we extend beyond the U.S., And so we're putting a particular emphasis with content marketing on traffic and leads as our primary KPIs, but we really do stretch from top of funnel to bottom of funnel. And we use all of the assets in our toolbox, you know, the usual SEO articles, lead magnets, YouTube, newsletters, assessments, unique research, all of that stuff is part of our content strategy. And today we're going to be talking about Murder in HR, a podcast murder mystery 
presented by Jim Pass, starring Kate Mara and Brett Gelman, a Caspian Studios production. Goodness gracious, what a year it's been working together on this. But something tells me this is just the beginning. Chris, you use the term off air. It feels groundbreaking. Why'd you say that? You know, it's really because it's not your usual B2B content. You know, usually B2B content is educational first and it's full of specs and, you know, feature benefits and all of that stuff. You know, with this, we took off our B2B hat and put on more of a B2C hat. Nice pirate hat. Because we know we had to connect with, you know, the HR leaders on the other side of this. Not the company, but the leader. And so we are creating this awesome fictional podcast that is like nothing I've ever heard before. And it's a murder mystery that's like, that's created for HR leaders. I mean, like, who does that? The story is very compelling. You know, we're building empathy. We're entertaining. We're getting them to come back for more content. And because of that, like, we just have this, like, great piece of content that's going to do really well from an engagement standpoint. Yeah, when I first started thinking about this story over a year ago, I spent my formative years in the Army, and I was an HR leader. And, and I didn't I, know that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I was an HR leader for five years. Okay. And so when we first started working on the story, one of the things that jumped out at me. Whoa, (laughs) I uh, didn't see you there. (laughs) That's Jan. She does that. Yeah. That I like remembered. And I was like thinking of this stuff was the story of, so I first got to Afghanistan and when I was like 24 and for a bunch of series of circumstances, I was in charge of way more than I should have been at that time. It's a war, am I right? And so um, so I was doing HR for 5,000 people, basically running a team of 20. And on my first day, I was swapping with uh, a major who's you know two ranks above me and taking over essentially his job as he was going back home. And he was like, Ian, there's rubber balls and there's glass balls. And rubber balls, if you screw something up, and you drop it, it'll bounce back up, and you can catch it again. Glass balls break, and they break forever. And the guy's like, your glass ball is casualty operations. So like, no matter what happens, like that is your number one priority. And he's like, awards and evaluations and benefits and all these other things, these are all rubber balls. And so it was interesting thinking about this story of like this HR leader who has so many different priorities, but what if this situation was heightened to the point of the most ridiculous, the most crazy, because the stuff that HR leaders deal with on a day-to-day basis is so crazy already. (laughs) Did I say an HR violation? And they have so many rubber balls and they have so many things like this. And so what if we were to sort of tell the story of someone who's super overburdened with all that? And then how do we tell that story and through what lens? And for me, you know, I wanted to make a murder mystery because I think it's so compelling and because it's so clear and crisp in the way that you can tell a whodunit and you get all of these suspects and you get all of this stuff. And for me to write a love letter to HR in this way, to highlight the absurdity of being a CHRO, to be a chief people officer, of how ridiculously complex this job is, that when anything goes wrong in the entire company, you can sort of just work away back to HR And if there's a murder in the company, like who else would be the person who would solve it, right? Like (laughs) who else would be tasked with that, right? It's the only person who's logically would be tasked with it. I don't know why everyone's looking at me. And so I just thought that was so fun. Absolutely. I love that, like a love letter to HR representatives. Because, you know, that's what we're trying to do. It's like 
they deal with so much. As you know, I didn't know that you were that. I mean, like, hats off yeah. to you. Uh, you know, HR leaders have a special place in my heart. I have plenty in my family. And, you know, the audacious things they have to deal with every day, the conflict, you know, the crap, you know, just all of that. And so making this to kind of like bring a little levity to their world and a little entertainment, but also like to build some empathy, right? It's like, although the story is audacious, the toxic behaviors that are kind of like talked about throughout are very real. Get your fake smiles ready. (laughs) And so we want them to hear like, oh, yeah, like they understand what I'm going through. And this is great. We wanted to be in their corner. And so I love that concept of a love letter to HR. Okay, Meredith. Were you standing there the whole time? What the heck is Murder in HR? Oh, So Murder in HR, it's a story about a woman named Gemma. And that's who Kate Mara voices. That is Meredith O'Neill, our amazing producer extraordinaire for this show and many other shows at Caspian Studios. And she's just started this brand new job as employee experience manager. And she's at this tech startup. Welcome to Piece of Ship. And that's when one of her coworkers, this guy named Larry, gets electrocuted during a company all hands. I think you've had a bad day at work? Well, unless you watch someone in a pirate hat get electrocuted on stage in front of your whole company, I got you beat. So she decides to investigate what happened. And she discovers a super dark secret that he was actually murdered. So she goes on this mission with her chief people officer named Nicholas, and that's who's voiced by Brett Gelman. Hello there. I'm Brett Gelman. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, I'm not with you right now, so I can't really meet you, can I? And they go to find out who the murderer is. And so she's using her HR skills to investigate these, as you guys talked about, the toxic colleagues trying to figure out, you know, who did it when she's also trying not to become the victim herself. Yeah. And this is the spoiler-free version of the summary. So there's a spoiler-filled version of the summary, which there's a very large twist. So spoiler warning, if you don't want to know the big spoiler that happens in episode two, you can just go listen to the show and then come back to this. I'm nervous now. Yeah. So the company is actually, the tech company is actually a front for assassins. So it's actually an assassin company. And so Nicholas, who's played by Breck Elman just brilliantly, is the chief people officer of a company that's a front for assassins. So he has the most ridiculous job ever. I know how to make a killing for a living. He's trying to wrangle all these people and keep them together. And when Gemma finds out, now she's stuck and she has to do this. So like, why do that? Why tell the story in that way? Well, when we looked at the story, what we wanted to do was to say, what is the most ridiculous situation that you could put an HR team in? And what's the most ridiculous, most toxic employees that you could possibly have? Well, if they're all trained killers and they're all out there, you know, doing assassinations, then things like their benefits or things like uh, skipping meetings or doing this stuff seems really trivial. But the way that we tell the story is that it's not because it does all matter to them because their station in the company matters and their benefits matter and all these little things because it's just a job to them. And so we just thought that that was the most fun way to tell this type of thriller mystery. And so Chris, I want to talk about sort of toxicity because that was one of the things that when we sat down together with your team at Gym Pass and sat down with you about highlighting these toxic behaviors and highlighting how destructive they could be. Why is that so important? Yeah, you know, we spend so much of our lives at work, right? It's like, I see my work colleagues probably more than I see my family. 
And, you know, if you're in a situation in a toxic work environment, we've all been there. It just makes life miserable, right? Sometimes working here makes you walk on egg smells. Eggshells. And that toxicity is like, it's contagious. It sucks, but it's contagious. And so what we found, though, is that a lot of these toxic behaviors, like we can manage those personally if we're given kind of the opportunity to do that. And that's what we're all about at Gym Pass. It's like we want to bring this kind of like a, a culture of wellness to everybody to help this epidemic, you know, that we're facing as a, as a world about like toxicity in the workplace. And so through management of that, like, you know, through tending to your own well-being, if it's meditation or if it's, you know, working out in the gym or going for a walk, walking your dog, whatever it is, that is just critical to helping you reset and to kind of like resolving some of that stress that kind of leads into toxicity. And so that was critical for us because, again, we know that HR leaders out there see that every day. And we're saying like, hey, listen, we know that. We understand that. We sympathize with you. And there is a better way. We can help you. Unlimited access to gyms, studios, classes, training, wellness apps. Are you kidding me? Sign me up. So that's why it was important to kind of get over those toxic behaviors, but also in a very entertaining way, right? You know, they're over the top, but they're rooted in reality. And I think that's what's really cool about this. Yeah, I think this entire story, one of the things that we wanted to make it was very heightened, but also in all of the inside jokes and all the, you know, nooks and crannies of the story to have like real lived in experiences and characters. And I think, you know, we did a screening for someone who's been a CHRO multiple times and they immediately were like, oh my gosh, let me tell you a story. At a sales kickoff, someone almost got impaled by an umbrella because they were, you know, drunk as a skunk. You smell like you're having a good time. And I almost dealt with almost this exact situation. And I've dealt with crazier things than this. And I've dealt with this and I've dealt with that. And, you know, was telling all these crazy stories of people that are even far far crazier than the characters that we could have made. So, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. And we pulled a lot of that stuff into these characters. And I think it's a really important part of the story that each of these people have something that creates that toxic behavior. They have like a need that needs to be fixed. And that's why they're being toxic. Well, it's like, oh, why are you, you know, always double booking meetings? Oh, because... You know, I don't know how to manage a calendar and I don't get to get my morning workout in and then I don't feel, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I'm just kind of running, running, running and all these things. And I think that one of the coolest parts of working with Gym Pass and partnering with y'all on this and like spending a lot of time talking to y'all about wellness is just how many different forms it can take and how important it is that people find their version of wellness Let's look inside ourselves, hmm? deep inside. It's something we talked about with both of the actors on the set that they both feel strong about, about finding that version of wellness. And it really is important. And like these toxic behaviors that a lot of people, that a lot of your you know, colleagues have, that there's like an antidote to that, that there's yeah. something that, that you can do that can counteract that behavior and get back to a place where you're not toxic to the rest of the people on your team. Absolutely. And like, you know, that idea of flexibility and kind of like just a suite of things that you can do because like, I like going to the gym, but not every day. And so I'll go to a gym and then I'll go to a class and then I'll go running outside. And so 
I need that variety in my, you know, my day. If you made me go to the gym every day, it would lose my mind. And so that flexibility, it's just like it's so much more appealing to everybody because not everybody is a gym rat, you know? Not everybody wants to like, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger hulking frame. That's not what I want. Actually, I'll take that. But it's in his younger years, I'll say. But, you know, it's like what is important to the person and how can we support that? And so that's the cool thing about Gym Pass is that you have so much variety to tend to your well-being in the way that you see fit and that's most impactful for you. So, Chris, obviously agreeing to this whole thing in the first place is a pretty big step, right? Once we started these conversations and saying like, hey, want to make this murder mystery set in HR that has all this crazy assassin stuff and all these other things, it's not common. What do you think, like, why don't companies do stuff like this more and why did you want to do something like this? Yeah. I mean, it's a risk. You know, it's new and we don't like change. We don't like what's new. We don't like what's not proven, right? But, you know, we have leaders at our company which are just like, they have foresight. And so what we wanted to do as a company is like, there's two drivers for this. A, from a content marketing standpoint, you know, we put out a, like, a lot of SEO content. And, you know, now there's AI out there. And so now all of a sudden overnight, everybody, no matter how small you are, can put out a massive amount of content in the wellness and health space. And so now our content is still ranks really well on Google and it's still very valuable. But that was kind of the great equalizer for that channel. And so, you know, we realized like, hey, listen, we have to stand out. We can't do status quo content. We really need to stand out. And then from a brand awareness standpoint, our company was founded in Brazil and we are a household name in Brazil. And so on our way to building that same level of awareness in the U.S., we realized like, hey, we need some bigger brain awareness, like drives and campaigns and content. And so that kind of culminated into kind of like the need. It's like, okay, we want to do something that's top of funnel, that's unique. But also at the same time, we didn't want to do some kind of like crazy stunt that got us a spike of awareness, you know, for the wrong reasons. We wanted something meaningful. We wanted something that's going to resonate with HR representatives. We wanted to give them a reason to continue to come back to us. And so that's really why this podcast made a lot of sense and working with you all on this to really set the vision and to achieve the vision so that we're making a story that really resonates with HR leaders and identifying kind of the problem that they're working with. And then underlying all of that is the solution. Very subtly, and it's more of an organic kind of mention as we talked about, but you know, Gym Pass is there and it's not in your face, but it is the obvious solution to these behaviors that people are suffering from. And I think that's the genius of this all. It is a story first, but underlying all of this is Gym Pass. And that makes a very strong business case. Yeah, and I think that what's really important is that this is something that's done very often in movies, and it's been done for a long time. Spielberg famously did this to pay for all of his movies to have really cool brand integrations you know, we were talking before this about Stranger Things, which we can get into here in a second, about how strong their brand integrations are and how Netflix is doing this right now. This is being done on that side. It is not being done in B2B content. And so that's one of the things that we as Caspian Studios wanted to do was to say, hey, we want to tell real authentic stories that are grounded in realism, but also extremely absurd and entertaining and we wanted to find partners that want to serve the audiences that we want to serve. 
And when I first started talking to Ryan about Jim Pass, Ryan, your CMO, when he took the job, I had no idea what Jim Pass was. And I'm sitting here running a small studio. And I'm like, this sounds awesome for my company. So like, as soon as I found out about it, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We're definitely going to become a customer. And I was just talking to one of our employees today who was like, by the way, Gym Pass is so awesome. I'm going to like three different gyms, like one for classes, one has like always treadmills always open, and one I can go for like free weights that are all it's around me. It's the golden ticket. It's like, it gets you in anywhere. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the sort of stuff that's so exciting to hear. And that's why you can fit Gym Pass into a story like this really organically and easy to say, hey, the company in the story uses Gym Pass as part of their benefits. And like, it's just such an organic way to include y'all in the story, but also the way that you view the profession of HR and how important they are and how misunderstood they are in a lot of ways, how much responsibility they have. Those are all the same things that, that we really felt when we were writing the story. And it's just like a perfect match there. And like, that doesn't happen often in B2B, but it does happen in Hollywood. It happens more on the B2C side, like with more consumer goods. But I just feel like that is really rare. And it's been just a, a pleasure to work with y'all and a joy to be able to figure that stuff out. Yeah, likewise. This has been a great process. And I'm really proud of the product we have here. It's just, it's a great story. I don't want to call it a product. It is a great narrative, you know. Yeah. Tell me about some of your inspirations with some of the content that you love that you take inspiration from. You know, you mentioned Stranger Things. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. You know, hence my infatuation with Brett Gilman because he is such a pivotal character in the later episodes. I talked to a big buy ex-employee who said some little girl shattered the door with her mind. And so they have really set the bar for like, you know, what I like to call it experiential marketing. They rewrote the books on marketing. And it's been so much fun to watch them kind of throughout the seasons. Now it's kind of expected of them. It's like, okay, you know, with season five, we expect something big from Netflix from a marketing standpoint. But early on, it was pretty new. And I remember they put out some billboards all over the country. And the billboards were advertisements for a company called Hawkins Power and Light. And if you're not familiar with the story, Hawkins is the name of the town, you know, where the story takes place. And then Hawkins Power and Light is the evil empire that is like the front for all of the evilness that goes on in the story. And so the billboard itself is just a corporate boring billboard that promotes this. And it doesn't say anything about Stranger Things. And so it was meant for super fans. It's like you have two to three seconds as you're driving by to consume it, to register it, to make a judgment on it. But it was made for the super fans. But obviously, once the super fans found it, and they will find it, it became a viral sensation. But the cool thing about them is they didn't just stop with that. They made it an experience. And so there was a 1-800 number on there. And if you called it, you got to talk to a character from season two that worked in the company. Hello, you reach Hawkins Power and Light, powering a brighter tomorrow in the community of Hawkins and beyond. I'm Dr. Sam Owens, and my goal is to improve how we light and power the world. Fun fact, I called it yesterday, and it sounds like another satellite provider actually took it over to get that traffic. But it was a great kind of experience. And then like in a later season, a more recent season, really tugging at the nostalgic threads. I'm a child of the 80s. And so I love Stranger Things just nails the 80s. It's like that is how the 80s was. And there was new Coke that came out. You talked about product placement. And so I remember one of the episodes, they actually did a pretty big kind of like discussion around new Coke because it was a pretty polarizing thing when the Coca-Cola company came out with it. 
because it was a new formula and it was like super sweet and I, I couldn't stand it. But it was a very polarizing thing and they brought that into the story and it made it feel very real. And Coca-Cola got a lot of placement there and they actually kind of like parlayed that into a campaign to where they had separate commercials for Coke. You know, like this concept of new Coke and how it kind of like fit into the character. Sweeter, bolder, better. You're insane. So you prefer the original thing? What? No, I'm not talking about the thing. I'm talking about new Coke. It's the same concept, dude. Uh, actually, it's not the same concept. It is the same concept. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Hey! Sorry. And so that was, to me, a genius partnership that made a lot of sense, that called back on kind of like the failures that Coke had had and, you know, kind of in a very humorous manner. And so with Netflix, the reason I think it's so impactful is because I find myself actually searching for their marketing materials behind Stranger Things, you know, beyond just the show itself, I'm like, I want to see the marketing materials because that has become content in of itself. And that's a genius move to me. And they've done that very well. Yeah, it accentuates like all of the stuff that is actually in the show, right? It's like, it creates that experience that it's just exciting, right? Yeah, it is. You know, when you, it is. When you see the new trailer for Stranger Things, like, it gets shared, it's viral, it's all that sort of stuff. Like people are just so excited about it, right? But these other yeah. things are just like ways to drum up excitement. You know, fans see that stuff, they go back and watch the other seasons. It gets yeah. all people talking on message boards, like what does this mean? It's just, this is the new age. And like, again, all this stuff is happening in Hollywood right now. It's happening in Netflix and Hulu and some of these great shows. And we just wanted to do sort of like a fraction of that in our own way in a way that really is not done for podcasts. I mean, even if you look at really famous podcasts, there's very few that have even done trailers. There's like true video trailers. There's very few that have large name actors that are playing lead roles, like all that sort of stuff. Like even within the podcast space, like it's pretty rare to do some of the stuff, you know, we have, there's a website for the company piece of ship. We have all sorts of like little cool, weird things in there as well. But I think that one of the things for our team, our marketing team and our team here at Caspian is like, there's no traffic on the extra mile. It's like, just go the extra mile, try to go as far as you can go. And like the thing about your team at Gym Pass, your content team and your marketing team is you always go the extra mile. Like you're always looking for different ways to integrate and promote the show into your current marketing, into what you're doing, into sales. You really view this thing holistically, not just as like one piece of content. And it's been really cool to watch and work with your team throughout that process. How do you think about that stuff? Like, is there something that you do as a team or a mantra or something that you use? Uh, how do you How do you do it? <laughs> Well, I mean, at one level, it kind of sells itself, you know, because it's such a unique thing that the entire team is so excited about. And especially when you bring kind of these big name actors like Brett and, and Kate Mara to the table that really kind of make this like story pop and they bring life to the characters along with all the other voice actors. But from a content marketing standpoint, everything that we do really fits, you know, a customer journey. The worst thing that you can have in content marketing is a dead end piece of content. You know, it all needs to be part of a longer experience. And I think that's what our marketing team and our sales team is so great about, you know, working together 
so that when we build brand awareness, that we are pushing them towards our website experience so that that way we can continue the conversation with them in other channels and other ways. And so, you know, the podcast here, you know, obviously we have Jim Passes a Subtle Mention, an ad role that kind of points us back to the website where our other content takes over, where that leaves off. And so we are really incorporating that and we're trying to make more of a seamless kind of interaction between the podcast and some of maybe some of our written content. We're even thinking about some lead magnets that make a lot of sense for that, you know, that maybe incorporates some degree of the story into it to kind of continue that conversation. But it's all about continuing the conversation and offering up the next logical step for them to take with us, you know, that might be consume a different piece of content, you know, and ultimately it's going to be to talk to our world-class sales team. But that's a process, you know, that's a journey and we don't want to rush it. And so we were making sure that we give them a journey to follow. We take them from what we call like problem unaware. You know, if they're listening to the podcast, they might not even know they have an HR related problem at their company. We're introducing the problem to them so that now they're problem aware. And then they're solution seeking because it's like, okay, I don't want these toxic behaviors. What can I do about it? And then, you know, once Jim Pass is introduced into that, then now they're solution aware and they know that Jim Pass could be a possible solution for them. So it's all about the experience, and we want to make sure that we give people that that clear path for them to take, you know, that's really from top of funnel all the way to the bottom. Any other content campaigns that you've been working on over the past year or that you have coming up that you're really excited about or, or proud of? Yes. The first thing that comes to mind is we have this report called the Work-Life Wellness Study. It comes out August 18th. It's the second time we've done this. The unique thing about this is that we really wanted to know how employees felt from a wellness standpoint about their job. It's like, is your well-being healthy? Is it lacking? Like, what is the state of your well-being? Sometimes work can get stressful. <laughs> and then what has contributed to that? You know, like, why are you in the state that you're in? Are you missing resources? Are you missing support? What is it? And then the third thing is, like, how can HR representatives help? Because, you know, again, we are surveying employees but we want this report to be helpful for HR representatives. And so by asking these employees like, hey, listen, you know, what's the state of your well-being and what's contributing to that and how can HR help you? We're hearing directly from them like ideas on how they can improve their well-being. And so that report has been a really big effort for us. Massive survey, 5,000 people from around the globe to get the data to really develop that report so that we are handing off something very valuable to our HR representatives that identifies the problem, identifies a solution, and introduces them to GenPass along the way. So very unique, you know, kind of proprietary research that we're doing, and we can't wait to share it with the world. So exciting. I am eagerly waiting it. I always love that stuff. I love those type of reports. I find them just endlessly fascinating. And it's just, it's some of the best content marketing. And it's just a must. I mean, it is, it is an absolute must to be doing some type of research initiatives because they're so insightful and helpful and useful. Really, yeah. There, and there's so much noise out there. We just kind of want to bring some clarity to kind of the issues that we're dealing with in a very succinct manner, just so that HR representatives say, okay, I get it, and this is what we need to do about it. Any thoughts on ROI of content marketing? Yes. For me, it all comes back to your analytics stack. And if you have your analytics stack that can measure like that full journey, what I was talking about earlier, then you're in a really good spot. As we all know, the challenge comes when you... You cross domains, right? It's like, you know, you start out on a podcast platform and you're trying to get them to the website. That is a break in the analytics train in a lot of instances. And so it's like, okay, so how do we measure that? 
you know, once they're on the domain, it's easy. SEO content is easy to measure the ROI impact because, you know, we know traffic, we know how many leads converted from every session. You know, we know what our close rates are once they become a lead. And so we can apply a lead value. So pretty easy once they get into the domain. So there's been a lot of things that we've been looking at to measure ROI of some of our awareness content. But one thing we've really been zeroing in on is kind of putting on my SEO hat, you know, the branded component of organic traffic. And so what that means is like the number of people who were searching for GymPass or GymPass XXX, whatever it may be. And so our brand awareness activities really need to be driving brand traffic, right? And so we should be seeing a continuous increase there from all of our activities. The challenge is kind of associating one individual activity with that traffic profile. But if we look at this, like whenever we have a launch of something, we can look on that traffic profile and we see a distinct spike that perfectly aligns with that. And so that gives us an indication of kind of like the traffic impact of that activity. And then, of course, at that point, we can kind of assign a you know, lead value to it because branded traffic, as you are aware, is much more valuable to us than non-branded traffic. Like if they know Jim Pass, they're more likely to convert. And so we want branded traffic all day long. And, you know, once we kind of get a bead on how much of that traffic is coming from our awareness activities, then we can start to assign a lead value to that. There's a number of other ways that we look at that as well, but that's something that we've been really kind of like zeroing in on and we've been seeing some good insights from that. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that's so tricky about sort of the quote unquote brand campaigns where you're like, well, what is a brand campaign? I was like, well, if you're trying to get someone who doesn't know who you are to know who you are. Like, that's extremely important. You can call it top of the funnel, you can call it whatever you want, but like, there's no more important engagement other than signing the dotted line than going from no clue to, oh, that's cool. You know, like, so you got to get them there. Like, you got to get them to there where they know who you are. And then you got to follow up 13 more times, you know, after that. Yeah. But like you said, that's the easy part. Once they get to the site and then you can follow up all sorts of different ways. But getting from yeah. zero to one is the hard part. Very much so. Which is why we're so excited about the podcast. I mean, we have 12 episodes to connect with people. So, you know, that's 12 touch points once a week. And so that's going to be fruitful for us. All right, Chris, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. Any final thoughts on the show on Murder in HR and what you're excited for people to learn, to check out, to see, to experience? Well, you know, we we haven't really talked about kind of the content itself, you know, because we're both like content creators and like the content is so solid. You know, the pacing of this, you know, we talked a lot about pacing and making sure that we had that sense of urgency there. And so it keeps people like it grabs you by the scruff of your neck, you know, 30 seconds in. And it doesn't let you go until the very last episode. And so for what it is, like the content that it actually is, it's just world-class. And the character development, you know, this is a fictional podcast. Again, you have to take off your B2B hat. And the character development here with all the, you know, the personalities and the quirks and, you know, the character development that we have throughout it, like, again, it's just top-notch. And then you bring these excellent voice actors into the mix to give it life. And you really have a piece of content that, I would put up against anything out there, series or not, TV or not. The content itself is just high quality. I think that it's just so fun. It's such a fun ride. It's really quirky and weird and interesting. It's a legit whodunit. I think that people are going to have no clue until the very end. If you guess ahead of time, I will be impressed. 
but the clues are all there. It's all sitting they there are. for you if you're paying attention. You might have to go back and, left, yeah. Yeah, and re-listen to the episodes. But it's just such a fun ride. And it's something that I think people will really love and come back to. And that's what I'm most excited about is, is that, you know, it's somebody's favorite show and that HR gets the shine and that they get the spotlight. And it's... They're the heroes in this story. Yeah, and they're cool, nuanced, interesting characters that are not perfect people that have little bits and pieces of all the HR people that we've worked with. And I think that that's really fun. And there's lots of inside jokes and info and little things there. So, so if you work in tech, if you work in HR, if you work in startup world or Silicon Valley, especially there's lots of little tidbits for you. I can't wait for everyone to listen to this. Any other thoughts on content marketing or piece of advice for other uh, VPs uh, of content marketing out there? Yeah, the only advice I would give them is, you know, you have to take a risk. You have to do something different. You know, there's so much noise out there with content. And I know we've been saying that for 20 years, if not 30 years, but it's only getting worse. You got TikTok, you got YouTube, you got threads now, you have, you know, SEO content. There's just all of this stuff out there. And if you want to be heard, if you want to kind of make the connection in a new way, you have to do something different. And so that is what this is. You know, Murder and HR is our attempt to do something different. And we feel very good about the engagement side of things on the podcast. Awesome. Chris, thanks again. You're the absolute best. Maybe we'll have you back on after a couple months and uh, we can spill all the rest of the spoilers. That sounds great. And we have the Oscar or whatever the podcast equivalent of that is. Yeah, that's right. Once we're flush full of Webbies. Webbies, yes. That's Absolutely. Right. Awesome. Chris, thanks again and, uh, and take care. Yeah, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ideas for your B2B content. Thank you for listening to Remarkable. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Remarkable is created by the team at Caspian Studios. B2B podcast as a service. Caspian also creates fiction series for B2B companies. So if you want a business thriller, you can learn more at caspianstudios.com. Hollywood style storytelling for B2B. And in today's episode, you heard from myself, Ian Faison, and Meredith O'Neill, senior producer here at Caspian Studios. Remarkable was produced this week by Meredith O'Neill, mixed by Scott Goodrich, and our theme song is Solomon by Falak. Be remarkable and rise above the noise. <laughs>